Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2. This church uh, had a special place in the heart of the Apostle Paul, along with the church at Philippi. And uh, there's a lot that he addresses, and we're going to look at just just in chapter 2, probably only get the first 10 verses that uh, that will get done. But this is also the same church that the first letter was written to in the book of Revelation. And this church who was so on fire, who was doing so much for God, grew cold. And I have to tell you, this is something we've got to be careful of in our local churches today. That we don't grow cold. The world needs us to stay on fire for the Lord. The world needs us to be in a, in a state of revival, in the spirit of revival, not in a state of slumber and sleep. So this, this passage is really exciting for me. I, I was reading through and, and studying, and I came across just the first verse, and I had a hallelujah fit. Uh, by the way, that's okay. That's biblical. It's okay to get excited about the Word of God. And uh, this, this passage just, I, I just keep studying and studying and adding more notes, and uh, so I'm going to do my best to stay within time. <laughs> <laughs> Begin reading with me in verse number one, if you would, please. Uh, and uh, we're, we're just going to read just a few verses. We'll get down through verse 10, but we'll not read all the way through to there until as we go. Beginning in verse one. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Father, I just ask you to be with me tonight. You know you laid this on my heart, and and I pray that that our hearts will be open and receptive, and I ask that you'll just be with me and help me to be able to, to have clarity of thought and speech, and we just want you to be honored and glorified tonight, for we ask in Jesus' precious name, amen. We're, we're in a situation today, you know, last, last year was a tough year, it was rough, there's a lot of things that happened last year, I'll be honest with you, um, I got pretty upset about. I really got upset about them tearing down all of our statues that talked about history, and I was ready to go help, and I, in, in the flesh, I was ready to go help take care of some things, you know what I'm saying? I don't like it when people are destroying things like that that they don't need to destroy. And then God spoke to my heart and helped me to understand that they can tear down all the statues they want, but they will never, ever be able to erase history. You know, that's important for us to remember history. And that's exactly what Paul is doing here. And and if you'll bear with me for just a moment, and I'm not trying to be morbid or anything when I do this, but... I want to help paint a picture for your mind tonight as to what God has done and what God wants to do. 
On this side of the platform, there is a body laying here. You can't see him except in your mind, and that's where I want you to see him tonight, or her. There's a body laying here. This body is in a situation like many of our first responders find when they come upon a scene of an accident or, or something that has happened, that this body has no life left in it whatsoever. This body, and I'm not trying to be morbid, is dead. There's just no life. Usually when they come, they find that situation, they cover that body up out of respect to others and to that person. There's another body over here. Again, same situation. Same situation that, that we find that, that this body, though, the first responders find, has just a little bit of life left in it. It's hanging on. This body, this person is hanging on by a thread. That's important, and I'm, I'll bring it out towards the end of the message, but this is important because everybody in here is pictured by these two bodies. You see, the thing that I love about this first portion is I love this word quickened. I'm going to tell you, it ought to make a Baptist shout. It ought to, well, I think it might even, if they ever got a hold of it, could make a lot of different other people shout too. But this word quickened is really precious. It simply means made alive. And you hath he quickened. He's reminding these believers in Ephesus, he's reminding them that they used to be dead in trespasses and sin. But God hath quickened them. Turn over to Colossians chapter 2 real quick. Just look at a few verses here, verses 13 through 15. I was reading them to Sandy this morning. She didn't get as excited about it as I did. But I'm telling you, it's just exciting. I was studying this morning again and got to this passage and I went, glory. This is great. Verse 13 of chapter 2. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. In other words, the law now is good to teach us, but we don't have to keep it. Because it's now taken care of through Jesus. That's what he's saying. The, uh, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Woo! I don't know. I'm telling you, I get excited about that. I mean, I have to tell you, before I got saved, I was dead in trespasses and sin. And God in his grace and mercy and in his love took everything, took all of that sin and put it on the cross with Jesus and he paid for all of it with his blood. And when I received Jesus Christ, I was made alive. This body here is a picture of me before I got saved. It's the picture of every person before they got saved. There's no life in them. They're dead. They're dead to God. But God makes them alive and makes us somebody special. I mean, I know that... <clears throat> can you imagine if you were standing beside a dead body and all of a sudden they went, oh, you'd be out of there. 
I know I would be. But that's exactly what God did. I had no hope. A person without Jesus Christ has no hope. They, ha- they, they, don't know what, they don't know what they're missing. They, don't know, they just need Jesus. That's the same situation with what happened last year. What God taught me was they're lost people. And lost people are going to act like lost people. And so I started praying God send somebody to them to tell them about Jesus. They just need the Lord. That's the problem around the world. It's the problem in our government. I'm I'm not bashing them tonight. I'm just saying there's a lot of good people who know the Lord that are in our government. But there's a lot of people who need Jesus. And we ought to be praying for them rather than complaining about them all the time. What they need is they need a quickening. And I want you to look at what what he does here. He talks about the trespasses. He says in verse 2, we're in in time past. Can I just say this? That means you're not doing it now. In times past, you walked according to the course of this world. You know, we have to understand the past is behind us. That's what verses 1 through 3 are talking about. When you think about the past, he's saying we were dead. We were deluded. We were disobedient and we were defiled. That's that's who we were. Every person before they have Jesus, they were dead, they were defiled, they were deluded, and they just needed the Lord. That's what we needed. Look at, look at, well, let me share this. I won't go over there. I'll read Proverbs 20, verse 27, and I want to just share with you a note that I wrote down there as I was studying, and um, my Bible's just got a lot of notes in it, and they get exciting, you know, because those things God's taught me. It says this, when God, uh, when created man had the spirit or the light of God in him, when sin came, the light went out. Let me just say this, the, the verse says, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So it says, when, when sin came, the light went out. He is in the dark, lost and spiritually dead. The true light is needed who brings light, Jesus and the Holy Spirit, into our life. Without Jesus, we just walk in a world of darkness. We just walk in darkness. And I don't know about you, I can't walk in darkness much anymore without light. I hurt myself. I can't see in the dark like I used to. But then I'm thankful I've got the light with Jesus. You know, I don't want to walk the way of the world like they used to. I mean, you look at this. The children of Satan are the, chil- are the children of disobedience. His nature. It's his spirit. There's only two spiritual families in the world. That's the devil's and that's God's. And if you ain't God's, you're not, then you're the devil's. It's, it's that. If we're God's, we better be thankful. You know, an adopted child can't be disinherited. And we're adopted into the family through the blood of Jesus Christ. Woo, that's exciting. So he goes on and says this in verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation. We need to be reminded where we came from, where he brought us from. Times past, in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the, of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But now we come to the present. 
This is what I like. But God. But God. That means there's a change. There's a difference. By the way, there ought to be a difference when a person gets saved. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You say, why do you say that? I'm saved. Well, then the problem that we're having today is a lot of God's people are acting like lost people. Well, let me put it this way. There was an old hillbilly preacher that said this one time. If you is what you was, then you ain't. It's deep. You'll have to think about it for a little bit. I'm just telling you that we ought to act like the one we belong to. We ought to carry the characteristics of the one whom we belong to. And God in his mercy and his grace, when we, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead. Romans 5, 8 says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were without Christ, uh, while we, oh, I got to look at it. Okay, turn over there. I hate that when my mind won't work with me. I know my wife looks at me and says, you're getting older. I think I'm already there. But God committed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to try and ship shape our life up. Jesus died because we were sinners. And in his mercy and his love, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace are you saved. I mean, that's what happened that day when I got saved. I remember that day. I remember the life before then. And I remember I didn't know the Lord. I wasn't such a bad guy. Don't ask my sisters. I wasn't such a bad guy. But I'm going to tell you, I was lost and without Jesus. And that's a person who, who hasn't been saved. That's what they need, that quickness. And when we are quickened, we need to remember where we came from. Unfortunately, today, we don't remember God as much as we ought to. We just don't. Because what happens is, is we get so involved in the flesh, we go, don't give time to God. I know some people say, well, I, can't, I, I don't have time. Then you're too busy. You need to make time. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long to read a little bit of scripture and pray and ask God to help you. Not just when you get in trouble. But to thank God for giving you life. I mean, that's the exciting thing. This body now, as far as, as, far as I'm concerned, this body ain't me no more. It's not me. But there have been times that this body's like me. Hold on, I'll get there. But look at what God has done for us today. In verses 4 and 5, he shows us his love. In verse 6, or in verse 4, he shows us its richness, its reality. And then in verses 5 and 6, God's love is shared with us. Not just shown us, but it's shared with us. I mean, he plucked us from the tomb, spiritually speaking. He didn't just say he loved us. He showed us that he loved us. And he shared it with us by giving us life. I mean, it's an exciting thing. And he placed us on the throne. 
in Jesus. Brother Johnny Flanagan wrote a song that says, I'm already there in Jesus just waiting for my body to be. Hey, I'm telling you, it's coming soon. Listen, in a time that we are living in is an exciting day. I know we can bemoan it and we can talk about all the things that are happening, but do you know we are looking it in the face what Paul and John and all of them wrote about and talked about, what Peter wrote about in 2 Peter chapter, uh, chapter 3. I mean, those things that he talked about, we're looking at it. It's right. It's starting to happen. It's been happening. The things that have been going on in this world for the last few years, it's been catapulting us towards the tribulation period. And we know that before that happens, we're out of here. Wouldn't it be just fun, preacher, to high five on the way up? I'm telling you, it'd be so exciting, you know? I mean, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to within the clouds. I mean, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Isn't that going to be exciting? We can't even fathom it. We just, we can't understand it all. It's beyond my mind. I, I'm sure Brother Johnny probably did write songs. I, knowing him, he was at the feet of Jesus. That's where I want to be when I get there. Amen. Oh, I want to see family and friends. I want to see people I pastored. But I'm sort of like Fanny Crosby. I want to see my Jesus. So he hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. And then he is giving us the prospect, his unrestricted grace. It's eternally revealed through us in Jesus. It is eternally revealed to us. And we can see that this unstunted growth can happen in our life. That's where this body comes into play. This is a picture of when somebody gets saved. This is a picture who, of somebody who's been quickened, but they've been dying a little bit at a time in their testimony and in their spiritual life. They're still alive. When they die, they're still going to heaven because they've been quickened. They're born again. But their testimony's dead. Their spiritual life has deteriorated. You say, no, that doesn't happen. Oh, yeah, it does. Not, not only have I seen it since 1976 in the ministry that we've been in, not only have I seen it in the 27 years I pastored, but we've seen it even growing in heightened rapid movement in just, we've started just now our 10th year and we've seen it so much. God's people who say they love Jesus and yet they don't show up for church. They don't tell anybody about the Lord. There's, they don't even pick up this book to read it unless they're at church and, and it's just the pastor at that, at, at that place. And when they go home, it gathers dust during the week and they might dust it off to bring it to church. I, I, I'm, I'm not kicking against using electronics, but there's something about holding the Word of God in your hands that you can turn, you can write down a note, you can highlight. I'm telling you, it gets exciting. God's word is exciting, ought to be exciting because we are alive. But when we start to die out, not only do we bring shame to God, 
but we are hurting our own life. You see, what this person needs here is usually what happens when a first responder comes and they find someone hanging on. They're going to do what they can to revive them. They're going to do what they can to save their life as far as to keep them alive. Do you know that's the reason for revival today? Is because God's people need revived. We don't like to admit that, but I'm going to tell you, when we're not excited about God in the morning or all day long, we're not excited about His Word, we're not excited about souls getting saved, we're not excited about the, what the missionaries are doing, we're not excited about what God created, we're, we're just not excited. We're just humdrum and saying, well, I don't know, that old preacher preached against me, and you know, he stepped on my toes. Bless God, praise God, you got a preacher that will step on your toes. But what happens is, I remember I had a man in our church in Kansas, and I may have shared this with you at some time, but he came and told me they're going to leave the church. And I said, why? He said, we're not being fed. It's this person. And I said, that's interesting. 75 other people have been excited when they come to church. I said, you know what I found out when I was growing up? I found out that when mom prepared a meal, she put it on the table, I had to pull up to the table to get to eat. I said, the problem is, is you're not pulling up to the table. Said you're staying home on Wednesday nights, you stopped coming on Sunday nights, you started missing some Sunday mornings. He said, well, we're still going to leave, preacher. I said, well, I want you to know I love you, but I can't stop you, but I can pray you don't. God, in move, God moving in our ministry, in our lives, he ended up putting us in Amarillo where we were at for 21 years. Our home's still there, but pastor there for 21 years. And uh, I was there for about a year, and the phone rang at the church. And I said, uh, hello, Bible Baptist Temple. And he said, Pastor, this is Joe. I said, hi, how are you doing? He said, well, I want you to know much better. He said, I wanted to call and tell you, you were right. Don't get those calls very often. You were right. He says, my family and I are back in church and we're serving the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That means something happened here. He got revived. See, that's what God wants to do. You know, I, 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 I don't know your life, so I can't point to you and say this, this, and this, and this, but the Holy Spirit can. And God works in our hearts, and God tells us, you know, you ought to be reading your Bible this morning. You know, instead of, and boy, I'm going to tell you, I have to be careful, because I check my social media, and I check the news to see what's, what, what they're lying about. You know, I mean, I, I check a lot of things, you know, and go, oh, you've got to be kidding me. You know, last week, a, a person who is a five-time uh, music award winner, I, I don't remember what, what the word was, said the, that America needs to change their flag. I said, somebody put her out of her misery. There's a reason for that flag. Come on now. And there's a reason for this book. Because as a child of God, we need, to, we need this book. 
But if we put it down and we don't get into it, then we are starving ourselves. We are killing ourselves spiritually. And we're just like this person here. And we're hanging on by a thread. And the time may be when God says, enough's enough. I'm bringing you home. Because you're bringing shame unto me. You're bringing shame to my name. You're bringing shame to those around you who claim the Lord. You say you love Jesus, but you're not living like it. And you hath he quickened. We need to live like we're quickened. I'm telling you what a great life we have. Because we have a God, a Father, who loves us. And when we come before him, we can approach the throne because of Jesus and his blood. And we have the right to request, make requests. And ask God, if this be according to your will, I would ask, ask you to do this. Hey, be careful what you ask for. Make sure the heart is towards him and not for the flesh. Amen. Do you know that a large percentage of God's people, I can't give you a percentage, I, I really don't know. But a large percentage of God's people really don't know what it is to walk in the spirit of God. Because what we're doing is we're doing what we want and asking God to bless it. A person who has been quickened and made alive and wants to live for the Lord is not going to find themselves in this place. And when we do, we ask God to work in our heart and to forgive us for those things that we have done against him. And we ask God to revive us. So that, listen, the world needs us to be revived. There's a lost person that only you are going to be able to reach. And you need to, by living as a quickened, born-again believer who honors God. And if you're here tonight, and, you, and it's possible, hey, I was a church member when I got saved. If you're here tonight and you've never been quickened, boy, you need it. You need Jesus. And I want you to know God's not against you. He loves you. And he wants to help you. And he wants to raise you up. And he wants you to live for him. And he doesn't want to see you become like this. So the question is tonight, who are you? And what is your life? Ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I'm going to have a word of prayer for you. Let me just ask that you consider tonight. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. But I ask you that you seriously consider tonight. How much does God have of your life? And if you're here tonight and you've never been born again, you need to be quickened. And if you know Jesus, then are you living for him? And if you're not, then it's high time that you get busy doing what you need to do to do business with God so you can live for him. Because we don't have much time left. Now's the time to serve him. Father, as we turn this over to the pastor, I'm asking that you'll just do a work tonight. Thank you for the privilege to preach your word. Thank you for this passage. And I ask, Father, that you'd help us to be real and honest tonight with where we're at with you. And that we'll do what we need to do to honor and glorify you. For we ask in Jesus' name.
Amen.